Welcome to the WIP12 podcast. I am Raymond and today I'm flying solo on this intervention episode about custom missions. Why every, every tournament should have them, why you should make them and why it's cool to play them. Why Corvus Belly needs to see in their stats custom missions as their highest, most favorite mission to play. But before we go into the main subject, I want to talk about what we have coming up. Because, yeah, I'm doing a solo because uh, we have planned some interviews, but uh, some fell through or the editing took a bit longer. But we at least got a Assassin's rework episode in the works. Uh, yeah, the Assassin's has changed, so it's uh, good to uh, update that one. Uh, we also have uh, Hakislam Vanilla coming up. Hedgeheim worked on that one. A uh, bit of a pet project of him because he is a genuine lover of Hakislam. Uh, and uh, yeah, it was one of the oldest episodes. Episode 6 is the last time we talked about Hakislam Vanilla. And as you all su- suspected, a lot has changed since then. Uh, we also have a Bakunin rework in the works. Jordan has dibs on Vanilla and Starmada. O- uh, so O12 will be uh, since a lot has changed. And uh, so much so that Jordan has showed me what Starmada is all about now. And I all of a sudden changed from uh, from Ariana to Starmada to play in the coming events here in the Netherlands. Also, uh, I have an interview with Cobra Prime because he ended up second in the latest uh, IGL uh, satellite tournament. And we're going to talk about Cosmo Flood and how it went. So that's what's up in the future. And what's up with me? Well, I have been broadening my horizon uh, Tabletop gaming wise, uh, I have been focused on Infinity for years now, uh, but a few years back I also started collecting uh, A Song of Ice and Fire, the miniatures game, uh, because I'm a big Game of Thrones fan and I like that um, I've also been a fantasy player for a long, long while, but since fantasy was dead, I needed another rank and file game in, in my life, and Song of Ice and Fire really filled that in because it's 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 easy to learn uh, has a card system which is fair which makes it easy to see uh, what units can and can do um, it's very tricky it is an alternate alternate turn uh, so every round you play a unit the the other one plays a unit back and forth so it has that tactical dynamic into it so uh, I really loved it but I didn't play it that much because the rules kept changing. And it wasn't easy for me to get in or find anyone that played it because I was introduced by a few guys in my local game shop and then those guys stopped playing it. <laughs> so, um, But now, uh, a year back, uh, I've been picking it up uh, more. Uh, I've come into contact with the guys from the Rotterdam White Scars, a nice YouTube channel that does a lot of, um, of uh, games uh, online and uh, has a very nice way of... Uh, showing you battle reports and since Robert Shepard of uh, White Noise fame and his own YouTube channel on Infinity has come out and now he's showing Song of Ice and Fire battles on his channel I can say that I have joined Rotterdam White Scars as a guest on many occasions to play uh, uh, on their battle report so if you want to see me play Song of Ice and Fire you can on YouTube at the Rotterdam White Scars it's fun so go go look at that so yeah I've, I've been doing that and uh, recently I've been farther broadening well because I kept a bit of my fantasy I kept my dwarves I kept my ogres and for a long time and just was waiting for a, a, a way to uh, play with those guys because yeah ninth age wasn't really for me especially when i started playing song of ice and fire i like the alternate turn system and yeah to play a game where you do everything your your turn your magic your movement your 
your uh, attacks. I was like, nah, I just I, I, I can't do that anymore. Just wait for your opponent to do your, do their thing and then do your thing. I need some active reactive in my life, uh, which Infinity Infinity has opened up for me. So, uh, but there was something that came in in in, in where it came in contact with, and that was Oatmark, uh, a rule system. Uh, with their own miniature line, but they don't care if you use miniatures from other games. Um, and uh, it made it possible that I could play an alternative turn game with uh, with, with with my old minis, but uh, I'm now uh, playing Oatmark, so I can use my dwarves, I can use my ogres. I have recently bought, because I've, for the longest time, haven't bought a mini from Games Workshop, but I've bought uh, two battle hosts from a Lord of the Rings, uh, from Mordor and um, uh, from uh, the, the Uruk-hai under, uh, under Saruman, because uh, yeah, I'm also a big Lord of the Rings fan. So it was a good reason to buy those minis and play them in Oatmark, put them from round on square basis. Uh, so I have been doing that, playing that game. Uh, and even started a fourth game to play um, called Moonstone. It's from uh, the from uh, the UK, uh, from uh, Goblin King Games. And I've recently only bought the models. I have to I have to play a game yet, but they look fantastic. It's like this dark fairy tale uh, Jim Henson kind of look. Like if you if if you've seen Labyrinth or uh, The Dark Crystal, uh, that's yeah, the, the, the miniatures look has that kind of feel to it. Very detailed in resin. And uh, it has a game system where you don't use dice, but you use cards. You draw cards, uh, a, a bit like Malifaux, but also not. Because you have to have this system where you, you bluff your damage if you shoot at anything. You have to draw uh, a few cards and hopefully you have the right card to, to fire. But when you announce it to your opponent, you say, well, this is my result, but you don't have to show the card. And your, your opponent has to either pick, do I call him on their bluff? And have and if they are, yeah, if they are wrong, they can make it worse uh, and make the shot fail. Or if the bluff was not a bluff, but it was the right call, the damage gets higher. So it's it has that interaction also with, with melee combat. You, yeah, you, they got swords, swordsmen, yeah, like uh, elements. Like yeah, if you if you attack with a, fire, uh, with, a, with a high smack on the head or a thrust or or try to kick someone in the nuts. Um, but also your 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 opponent needs to defend with a high guard or a mid guard or a low guard to uh, stop that. And you try to bluff each other out from what kind of attack uh, do you make. So and then you draw cards and see what happens. So it has that yeah, it has that. Uh, simultaneous uh, interaction like Infinity has, but not with dice, but with with this card system and these lovely models. You don't need a lot of them. Well, we know that trick. You only need 15 models in Infinity. You only need six in Moonstone. But yeah, let's see if I end up with a thousand Moonstone models. We will see, uh, like I did with Infinity. So yeah, I've, I've been broadening my scope a bit, trying out new game systems. Um, but also we had a lot of fun with Infinity. I got some old players in the Netherlands coming back and also some new players coming in. Um, and um, yeah, uh, I'm trying to get through my backlog with a new, yeah, slap chopping my way through it. Cause uh, uh, yeah, I've, I've learned myself to slap chop uh, cause I think it gives a good result. Um, so I can paint even faster than I did with the contrast paints and hopefully my buying habit and my painting habit get into a more of a balance right now because I'm, I'm I'm picking all these new game systems and I'm piling myself in in mini after mini. So uh, let's see if I get through the backlog. All right, before we go into the main event of intervention on custom missions, uh, I would like to set up a challenge for you. Um, open up your gaming tables more and put more crap in your deployment zone. And the reason for that is that I've seen a lot of games uh, uh, or hear about people playing and seen with the IGL uh, that the current meta is all about null deploying, like 
don't put out any arrows because yeah, it's the only way of sure, ensuring that units will get killed uh, before they do anything extra and uh, you're just losing orders and especially in the current uh, system of yeah, 15 units max uh, it starts to hurt to take out uh, arrows, uh, take out yeah orders uh, in the early uh, phases of the game, because yeah, uh, one order, one unit lost is yeah three orders for the whole um, uh, game. So uh, that's that's a shame because I I really love the ARO system, but it's currently very easy for war bands to just go across the table like bears or the Liberto Freedom Fighters, be cheap. And do yeah a lot of damage uh, on uh, your opponent by just alpha striking, um, which I don't like. I alpha strike can be one of the uh, strategies, of course, but I don't need think it needs to be the end all, be all. Um, I still think Affinity has an objectives game. Uh, that's why we're going going to do the whole intervention on the custom uh, missions. But I think one thing can help for sure is that tables open up a bit like yeah, you still keep the biggest buildings in the middle just to break up firing lanes and that if something stands on a roof it cannot oversee the whole battlefield from a deployment zone that would be silly but at least have some uh, higher buildings but that but yeah once you start putting scatter terrain in or uh, tinier buildings that you put them more in the deployment zone so that there are ways to hide your stuff more um uh, Robert Shepard did a nice video on how to uh, set up tables. Uh, I think he's uh, uh, right for the most part. But uh, if you put less buildings and more buildings in your deployment zone, I think you can get into a more of a game where it's important to set up AROs because you can prevent uh, warbands just go across the battlefield. They need to be stopped at, at certain fire lanes. So... It gets more of a game from let's first deal with the long range before we get closer and end up with warbands in just just a straight up warband game, because um, uh, that's yeah, probably the worst way to go. You wanna you you wanna diversify. You wanna make use of those different snipers, different uh, HMGs, but also the warbands. It needs to be a more of a, a synergy between units instead of just bringing the biggest, baggest, cheapest dudes. And just wreck face and yeah, do all the missions in the third round. Um, so yeah, do that challenge. Try it out. Uh, make your make the middle a bit more open. Dance up your de deployment zone and see. Because uh, I have been having uh, a nice result when I do it with my games and see that there's that you have to mix it up a bit more to uh, get your. Uh, get the missions done so that's the challenge uh good luck with it and now for our main event the intervention on custom missions and for the beginners under us custom missions what are you talking about we have our its document and corpus belly allows in every its uh, every tournament that at least one mission is a custom mission and by custom mission they mean that you have that fans can create their own missions and put them in the official ITS. And uh, the reason for this episode is that before we had the IGL satellite, we always discuss on which maps to use and create the maps, but also which missions to use to make a nice combination of things. And for us, uh, we came to the conclusion that uh, it would be nice to have the custom mission slot be one of the older missions uh, from uh, from from uh, earlier years, so uh, we brought back engineering deck, uh, one of my favorites uh, from the olden days, but is now not currently in the ITS 14. And we also customized uh, highly classified uh, to call it a clearly classified uh, to change the rules a bit, because uh, well, we came to the conclusion that it could be a far more interesting mission with the changes that we thought we hoped. So hopefully people enjoyed to play an oldie but a goodie and a bit of a changed one. Um, but part of the discussion was that uh, some of us would say that, yeah, it's it's an IGL satellite. So it was a satellite, our first satellite. So 
why not just play all the standard missions? Because that's how it's in. Uh, that is how Infinity is meant to be played, and uh, not take any weird uh, changes from uh, from the current setup. Because people want to prepare competitively wise for the current missions uh, that they know uh, and hone their skills on, and when they go to the satellite, they're fully honed and not have to deal with what uh, TOs have come up and come into awkward situations with lists uh, that they would normally not play. And I think that's a valid argument to have because, yeah, you want to, yeah, there's, uh, you, you, like say chess, you go to a chess uh, tournament and you know what chess is. And so people set up for it and it would be weird that the world championship would like, well, this time uh, uh, in this event, the queen can float. And uh, the the tower can be uh, risen again if it uh, uh, if one of the pylons hit the the back of the field. You, you, you don't change up the rules for a big championship where normally people would prepare uh, a long time in advance or uh, have a lot of experience with earlier games that they hone their skills and go in for a tournament. Um, my argument was that well. Custom mission is part of uh, the official uh, ITS, so it is fully allowed uh, to play. And also, uh, I think player skills would definitely be challenged more if they go into missions that are not the standard ITS missions, because in that way uh, the game will not get stale, uh, uh, lists will not get standardized. You just you really comes down to can you improve yourself or uh, improvise uh, on what's uh, currently available in that uh, tournament? Uh, what kind of combination of, of missions that there will be played and if you can hone your two lists towards them? Because uh, that's also, for me, a way to show that you're a very skilled player. Um, that one won out. Um, but I could see why the other one, why you would make the other argument as well, um, and I personally would say that every tournament should have a custom mission. Uh, it's partly because, well, I, we already said this on the podcast uh, many a time. Um, I find that the current ITS hasn't changed that much, uh, where uh, in the past you would change out more missions. Um, like we have some fun custom missions that have became ITS missions like uh, unmasking, uh, countermeasures, mind wipe. They've all been taught up by players, fans of the game that has have become official ITS missions. So, and there are a lot of tournaments that make new missions, and I would love it if uh, Corvus Belly did a, a few times in the past. Uh, competitions on sending in a mission and they would choose one and that mission would be added to the ITS but they have stopped doing that and uh, I think it's it's a shame because uh, a lot of good ideas live in the community on, on making uh, interesting uh, games because that's my second gripe with uh, with the current ITS is that a lot of missions are end game scoring um, so they end up as two rounds of annihilation followed up by one round of actually scoring points, um, which is a shame as well, because I like the mission to, yeah, I like the game not to be all about killing, uh, but to be smart about it, score points, or um, uh, try to get objectives from uh, from the first round off, and that would that's what you will probably when we come to my custom missions will see that. Uh, I would like that there will be more scoring in the beginning of the game instead of just playing a rounds of annihilation and ending up yeah pooping a button by the end and scoring the full 10 points because of that. Um, so yeah, that will also be a reason to bring in the custom mission so Corvus Belly can see, well, if, uh, if custom missions are so uh, popular that they might change up uh, the current ITS a bit more. Because yeah, they've done some changes, but it's mostly... Yeah, it's 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 the cherry on top. Like we do a di uh, the bike rules, then we do the the, the now the new ram rules uh, rules. Uh, we have yeah different terrain rules. Um, 
But yeah, they're, they're, they're the cherry on top. They're not like that what makes the ITS fully changed up uh, and, and, and a whole other experience. Like last time they said, well, we go from specialist to Killy and now they've been for three years now on Killy. So I would like a bit more specialist, please. It's also a nice way for your SETO to flavor up your, your, your tournament or your league. Uh, to yeah, make a mission that's more yeah, thematic to what you're trying to do with, with with your event, and as an organizer, have a bit more fun, cater towards uh, the, the desires of your your player base, or just show them something you you made yourself and have a good reason. Like they're coming to your event, so let's send them into one of your own sadistic missions to uh, to fulfill. Because it's fun to come up with new missions. I, uh, I really enjoy uh, the making of it. Um, and so should you. So yeah, I would see like every every event that, that comes out have one custom mission. So we can show to Corvus Belly that it's a fun element. People are trying to change up the game in, in very different ways. Um, and also that uh, hopefully they might ask a few uh, TOs to come over. Hey, uh, you're putting in a lot of custom missions. Are they any good? And that they will maybe in the end be added to the new ITS. Because I'm really missing a few missions uh, that really change up the game, uh, like like hunting party. If anyone uh, still remembers it, where you have to uh, grab the lieutenant not by killing it, but by immobilizing or uh, using other states that is still in the in a conscious state, but grabbed or blinded or whatever, so uh, to uh, to score points, and that you have to check if you bring the right gear uh, for those missions. So yeah, th those kind of stuff I I really enjoy, uh, and uh, should be more of because yeah, to the more different missions that there are uh, that there are available to play, um, the 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 more you have to change your your list to accommodate that and. Uh, yeah, it, it gives a real challenge that I uh, really love about uh, Infinity. So let's get into the custom missions. And first I want to talk a bit about my design philosophy. Because I have found a few rules. And rules that were shared in the community. Fall FC has been, a, has been an inspiration to me for this. Um, to really make sure that uh, you have to have... Nice specialist missions, but you also have to score during the earlier rounds, not just in the third round. And that game will be easier to do all these objectives in the first rounds. It will give you points, but it's also easier. And that it will become less easy so in the, the further you go into the game. Um, how did I do that? Well... Um, with current rule like first attempt. First attempt, I will use that in many of my missions, is that the first player uh, that, uh, that, that does an activation of a console or hacks a console or hacks an antenna, uh, what have you, will get an extra dice on the first try. It's to incentivize that, yeah, you can offer strike, but well, there is a reason to be the one that first pushes one objective. And to help with that, there's also the rule system defense. So once, if you press a console, that uh, if the other player tries uh, that console to get it, um, it gets a minus three mod. So you put some defense on the system. That's why it's called system defense. And also I put in that it's a you're able to use command tokens to reroll a failed attempt. Um, yeah, sometimes you get into a situation where it takes order after order after order, but it might be nice to just use the command token and not lose orders, unless that command token is very valuable for you for other reasons. So it's a tactical choice. Um, so to give a bit of progression, to incentivize people to really start to go for objectives, I put in uh, System Decay. And System Decay is that on the first round, you get a plus three mod. Uh, on your uh, on your try, um, but it decays. So in round two you get no modifiers, and by round three you get a minus three modifier. So you can get into a situation that 
if you just wait till round three and your opponent already activated the console, that if you go for that console, you might end up because of system defense and system decay with a minus six mod. So don't wait too long, keep your specialist alive and start pushing buttons early. All right. So yeah, um, yeah, all those button pushing, I will let be done by specialist troops. So like normally the doctors, engineers, forward observers, sometimes a data tracker, if this is in the game, um, but mostly uh, your, yeah, the, those rules I will keep standard because I think it's nice and important to have units that are specialized to do these actions while you have your killer unit. So you synergize your, your list a bit. Um, I also try and keep HVTs in the game while uh, getting rid a bit of the classified deck because um, I have seen that people uh, aren't very fond of the classified deck. Um, it's sometimes hard to come by for beginner players and also, um, yeah, it's a bit random if, if it works for you or not uh, what, you, what you draw. But I think it's still important that HVTs come onto the table, especially when you start buying Direfos boxes. I am, I, I've got a lot of HVTs, and wh when I introduce people to the game, I always say, "Well, this is a very scientific game uh, in, in in a cyberpunk setting where you have to hack computers and save uh, VIPs." And then you look at the ITS, and there's only rescue and the HVT rule and. Um, so yeah, and I think rescue is not a very well suited mission. Uh, so I want HVTs to be important that you bring those models that you can show them off. Um, so uh, I make a system where, yeah, well, it's important to civivac your opponent's uh, HVT. So you really have to go for it, but you have to grab them, and that you can score a point if you bring that HVT to your deployment zone. Not keep it in the civivac once it's in the deployment zone, uh, uh, so that yeah, if you are able to shoot your your the one civivacing, but the the HVT is still in the deployment zone, then no, you don't get the point at the end of the game for uh, civivacing the HVT, but you do get the point for putting it in your deployment zone. So the effort that you put in to grab that HVT is still counted for, unless your opponent is able to civivac that HVT and bring it out of your deployment zone. Um, so in that way, HVTs are still important um, uh, and it's still yeah, fun to save or grab or ambush a VIP model. So let's go in for my first custom mission uh, to show you what I do with the design philosophy and how the missions end up. Uh, I will put a, a link in the show notes to my Google Drive where you can find these missions and play them or get inspired and make your own. Um, so the first one up is Beginner's Luck. It's based on Seize the Antenna for the, uh, the oldies uh, among us. It was a mission where you have one console, console on, the, uh, on, your de on the 12 inch deployment line in the middle, one in the middle and one at your opponent, so three in total. Uh, and it was just, yeah, grab them. And it was an easy mission to show to beginners, but it was ditched uh, by Corvus Belly for a long, long while. But I wanted to reinstate this mission, uh, and so I called it Beginner's Luck. Place the consoles in the same situation, but changed up how you score. So, uh, how do you score with this mission? End of each game round, have the same amount of activated consoles, at least one, and you get one objective point. Do you have end of each game round, have more consoles activated, you get two points. So the, if you score this for three rounds long, you get a maximum of six points. Uh, end of the game, have more consoles activated. So at the end, uh, it scores you one more point. Have an HVT in Civivac by the end of the game. That's uh, one point. So your opponent's uh, HVT. Uh, have an HVT in your deployment zone at the end of the game is one point. And at the end of the game, kill more army points for one objective point, which is nice for a beginner to have to have to make this choice between or try and get a bit more killy while trying to get the consoles. So yeah, uh, and with this uh, scenario, I will have the first attempt rule. So get the plus three dice if you fir as first try the, the console. System defense, so once you have activated, your opponent has a minus three mod. Command tokens to reroll attempts. 
system decay. So round one, round two, round three, it goes from plus three, zero to minus three. Um, activating consoles is uh, standard ITS, so you need a specialist. And the standard specialist, hackers, doctors, engineers, forward observers, paramedics, chain of command, specialist troops, uh, they can all do the specialist uh, trick. All right, so that's my first mission. Yeah, you, you have a bit of fun in the middle, trying to uh, push those consoles uh, while fighting your opponent. So yeah, it's I think it's a very standard, good, uh, beginner-friendly uh, mission that I've made uh, to get you into grips by yeah scoring, uh, trying to score each round. Uh, then we go to uh, clickbait. It's actually a, a bit of the same setup like uh, beginner's luck, but there are four consoles now, so you got. Uh, on the 12 inch deployment zone line in the middle you got one and one at your opponent but on the middle line there are two uh, 12 inches from the edge uh, so you get four consoles uh, this was actually asked since I made beginner's luck but people were like mm, maybe three consoles is a bit like fighting for the one console in the middle so it might be fun to go a bit more to the flanks and have two consoles there uh, to try and uh, get them so the main objective, uh, at the end of each game round, have the same amount of activated consoles. That's one point. Two points if you have more. By the end of the game round, uh, at this in this uh, situation, end of the game, have more consoles activated, you get two extra points. Um, have your opponent's HVT in Sivivac, by the end of the game is one point. And have your opponent's HVT in your deployment zone, at the end of the game, have one objective point. Um, so I, in, instead of a beginner's luck, you have one extra point for killing army points. I put that point on having more consoles activated by the end of the game. Um, it's less of an issue with beginner's luck, but I think, yeah, uh, also one of the designs that I make, like stay for your opponent in the first two game rounds, takes the consoles twice more and has four points to begin with. Um, can you still surpass that? Well, in the case of clickbait, you can, because the last round it actually scores four points, but it's it will be a less yeah, nah, it will be harder because yeah, there's still the system decay, uh, the and the system defense. So yeah, you can score more more while the game progresses, but it will be harder to do so. Um, and there's also a way to score alternative waste points, and that's by grabbing the HVT if you are at the if you're not winning on the console part, you can try and uh, get uh, the HVTs. Uh, so yeah, like I said, this also has first attempt, system defense, command tokens, system decay, and the consoles can be activated by specialists, so bring your specialists. It's just an extra console and yeah, less points for, uh, and more points for scoring in the end. Then we go to Fog of Cyber War. Uh, this one uh, introduces a lot of consoles. It will be nine consoles. It, uh, um, so there will be a console um, eight inches from the midline on both sides, three, uh, one eight in, uh, two eight inches from the edge and one in the middle. And on the middle line also two on the uh, eight inches from the edge and one in the middle. So you get nine consoles. Um, uh, this will also have the first attempt rule, system defense, system decay, command tokens. Uh, but it will also introduce um, that the console uh, is destroyable by antimaterial weapons in close combat from the second round up. And if you hack the console and you destroy it, it still counts as hacked by you. Uh, this one will not switch, so this will be hack console. So if you hack the console and your opponent hacks the console, yeah, you will have the system defense, but your opponent will not lose that console, so you both will uh, count for that console. Um, uh, and uh, there's a special thing that if you hacked a console, this console will count as a friendly repeater. And your opponent can also hack the console and then it will count as a friendly repeater for him as well. So in this way, you can get a big, big hacking zone 
because most of the consoles are uh, have put a few to the edge. But yeah, you could uh, really start covering uh, uh, places with uh, repeater networks. But that's why you can also destroy these from the second round up. So if you scored it, if you already hacked that console, it would be a good reason to blow it up if uh, your opponent also hacked that console um, and is now hacking you and you don't want to be hacked. So you smack it and destroy it. How do you score points? Um, well, by hacking a console, you get one objective point to a maximum of five. So you could hack more consoles, but you only score five points at a max because uh, there are nine, nine to be hacked. Uh, at the end of each game round, have the most consoles hacked. That will give you one point. So if you do that three times, you get a maximum of three points out of it. And by the end of the game, have more consoles hacked on the enemy's half of the table um, and get two objective points. So they're, yeah, they're, so not the ones on the middle, but the ones closest to your, the enemy deployment zone. If you're able to get close and hack a few, uh, more than your opponent there is two objective points to be grabbed so that gives you a bit of a challenge to uh, get them um, so in that way you can score a maximum of 10 if you are able to score five or more consoles if you have more uh, more consoles each game round that will give you three so to eight and then if you score more in your opponent's uh, half then you get the two points and go up to 10. So this is already a bit more of a, yeah, a, a, a weirder mission than the, the ones that I've stated earlier. They're more beginner friendly. These, yeah, you get hacker zones. Well, I think a few Nomad players would rejoice and uh, other factions would be scared, uh, but are able to destroy uh, these consoles. So yeah, have, have fun with this one. Fog of Cyber War. The next one is Goalkeeper. Uh, it's based on... Uh, it's, it's my attempt of... What if I could turn uh, Infinity into Blood Bowl? Um, <laughs> that's, that's actually what it is. So, um, yeah, I, I will uh, put in a few of the standard rules. So, first attempt is in, System Decay is in, Command Tokens are in. This will, yeah, uh, this will follow up a bit more. Um, so we have a few other things on the table. We have the panoplies. We will get three panoplies, uh, uh, one in the middle and uh, also two on the middle line, but 12 inches from the edge on both sides. Um, and you will get a, a supply loader uh, in your own deployment zone, uh, eight inches from the, the back edge uh, on the middle. So it's... Yeah, there's a 12 inch deployment zone, so it's four inches within uh, your deployment zone. And well, the mission is to um, grab from the panoplies uh, uh, supply boxes and try and put them in your supply loader. So yeah, you're gonna actually gonna play uh, football. Uh, try to grab something and run away with it. So uh, how do we score? So successfully load your adversary supply loader with a supply box at least once. So if you grab one from the panoply and you run up into your opponent's deployment zone and are able to put it in and score a point. If you do it at least once, you get three objective points. At the end of the game round, have more controlled supply loaders. Um, so to control a supply loader is to get a one of your models touching a supply loader uh, without your opponent touching the supply loader. So if you are able to touch more, um, yeah, you score a, a point. So that's the goalkeeper. Yeah, you have someone who keeps uh, at the goal, so you get a point for that. Um, acquire more weapons or items uh, than your adversary from the panoplies. That gets you two objective points. Supply boxes do not count. Because um, I've made the panoply so that, yeah, the first thing you grab out of it is actually a supply. But once the supply is out of it, the panoply stays and you can use it as a regular panoply. Um, and then you have uh, uh, still two ways to score points. Yeah, grab uh, yeah, grab the HFT in a Civivac and 
get your get the enemy HVT in your in your own deployment zone, both for one point. Um, so yeah, you have the, the the supply loaders. Yeah, you can use tackle fins um, to to place them. Um, yeah, they are controlled as long as the player has to is uh, is the only player that has only one of at least one trooper not in marker state in Sunu with contact with it. Um, if there's an enemy, it doesn't count. Um, load supply boxes, how do you do it? Yeah, the troop with the supply box can declare the skill. The troop must be in silhouette contact with the supply loader. Uh, allows the player to make a normal whip roll to load the supply box on the supply loader. With a succeed roll, the troop loses its supply box to the supply loader. On a failure, this can be repeated as many times as necessary. Each time spending the corresponding short skill and making the roll. So it takes you a whip roll to put it in. Panoplies, there are three panoplies on the central line of the game table. Um, and yeah, they, they all contain one supply box. And it's the first thing that comes out. And then, yeah, the rest is panoply stuff. Uh, extract supply box can only be done by a specialist group. Uh, and must be in silhouette contact with the panoply. Um, he has to make a normal whip roll, and when he succeeds, he can drag the supply box and repeat it as many times as uh, needed. And uh, pick up a supply box like, like you are uh, known with supplies. So, yeah, if a unit goes into the null state, it drops it, but you can use a short skill to either grab it or uh, let another unit, friendly unit, take it from their hands. So yeah, you need specialists to grab uh, the supply boxes from uh, the panoplies. Other units can use the panoply, but uh, but yeah, they're just yeah a regular use of panoplies, and you don't get uh, the supply box out. You really need a specialist for that. But once this, the the thing is on the table, any trooper can put it in the loader, uh, grab it, and that's no biggie. So yeah, that's really like, yeah, try and go to the middle, get yourself a supply. There are three supplies maximum in the, in the game. Um, and uh, yeah, the, the, uh, a goalkeeper can only be loaded once. Um, so by the end of it, you could have your opponent have one loaded, you have one loaded, but there's one still around. So you, can, you might draw on it three, uh, three earlier points of loading the supply box at least once. Um, and uh, securing the loaders, uh, acquiring more weapons is a way to get a lot of points with the two uh, objective points. So even if you don't get the ball, you get at least get some guns or, or minus six or whatever you grab from uh, and still score points by doing so. And uh, also going after the HVT is a way to score points. So yeah, the main event is, is, is the football, but uh, there are other ways to score as well. Also, the first attempt is tweaked. The first attempt is on loading a supply box that gives you an extra dice. So the one who tries to score first uh, gets an extra uh, bonus for it. And the system decay is on the panoply. So don't wait too long to grab a ball because it will get uh, uh, yeah, it's, it's less easy the, the more the game advances. So if you want to play bubble, Blood Bowl but you only have Infinity Models, play Goalkeeper. Have some fun. Try to get in your opponent's DC. Score, uh, score with these, yeah, <laughs> with these supply boxes. Then we have network error, which is also in the same same vein as clickbait and beginner's luck. Uh, an easy way to get into the game, but also in a different scoring way. So you have the consoles on the middle of the table, 12 inches from the so two on the 12 inches from the edge in the middle, and one uh, straight up in the middle. And you want to activate those, and uh, if you activate them, they will uh, from your opponent, they will flip. So, uh, what is the scoring? End of each game round, have a console, have a console activated, will get you one point. At the end of the game round, have more consoles activated. That's also one objective point. So it differs from uh, the earlier uh, missions. End of the game, have more consoles get activated is one point. End of the game, have more controlled consoles so we also want to put models against um, against the consoles to score them for two objective points and end of the game have more army points killed so no HVTs in this one 
there is a killing, uh, killing element instead of an HVT grabbing. Um, deployment zone 12 inches. First attempt is there uh, to hack console. Uh, system defense. Uh, the minus 3 mod command tokens to, uh, to re-roll and system decay plus 3, no, 0, minus 3 per round then it becomes uh, harder to, to score uh, and you need specialists uh, to activate those uh, consoles but the consoles can be controlled by any unit as long as this there is not another enemy unit in a non-marker state uh, also touching uh, this con the console so also a simple mission where you have to activate them, still get points uh, during the game, but by the end of it, it will get uh, uh, you also get points for controlling it, because yeah, by the end of it, probably a lot of specialists will have been will be killed, and I find it a fun way that non-specialists also have to go for the console in the end uh, once the specialists have done their their duty, and killing is also an issue. So it scores you another point, so there's another way to score at least a point uh, when fighting each other. I think this is a fun, concise mission. I've played it uh, a few times on my uh, local tournament and it gets yeah, really tight, fun games. And uh, people need not to forget to try and get consoles. Uh, or uh, it will get... Uh, I've, I've seen some third round games where they have a lot of issues with the willpower rolls uh, being lower than uh, what they were used to. The next one is Prison Escape, and this is oh, uh, a baby of mine that I've I've tweaked uh, a few times. Like current, the current issue is version three point two, because um, uh, I've 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 used this a lot of on tournaments and tweaked it to uh, the, the the modern age and to my own design philosophies over the time over time. So Prison Escape. It is what's been said on the tin. There's in the middle. There's an objective room. Uh, two civilians that need to be civvied by one one uh, one player. The other one uh, two civilians by the other player. So it's it's my own little tweak on uh, on rescue, but with an objective room where these civilians are locked up, and to guard these civilians, there's a guard. And the guard is a, uh, a 360 visor a ram in the middle uh, with a ballistic scale of 11 and a structure of 2 uh, with armor 3 uh, that fires uh, adhesive ammo uh, from a combi rifle in total reaction. So 3 adhesive shots um, in, in ARO uh, to defend uh, against, uh, yeah, the, the, to keep the prisoners inside with non-lethal ammo. And um, yeah, it will fire upon everyone that tries to get into the room unless you flip the outside consoles and then the guard will get friendly towards you. So you, you have a few ways to get in. You either go through the door and see if you can fight the guard or you go a little bit sneaky like and push a button and make sure that the console, uh, that the guard is on your side unless your opponent flips it and you ha have no console and then... <laughs> then the guard will be your enemy again. So, how do you score? Uh, main objectives. Uh, be the first to civ-evac a civilian. Uh, if you do it uh, uh, and succeed, you get one objective point. Have a civilian in civ-evac state at the end of the game round. Uh, that gives you one objective point. And yeah, if you do it for three rounds, you have three points. Have more civilians in the player's own deployment zone than the adversary in his deployment zone at the end of each game round. So that gives you uh, one objective point per game round for more civilians in your deployment zone. Uh, they don't have to be civ effect though. So yeah, dragging them there and being shot by the end, the, yeah, you can still score a point. Have more civilians in civ effect state than the adversary at the end of the game. So that gives you an extra one objective point. And connect the consoles. So by the end of the game, if you have a, for each console you connected, you get one objective point. So there are no HVTs and no classifieds. There are only the civilians that are in uh, in jail that you have to deal with. Uh, 12 inch deployment zone. There's an armory 
it's uh, it's it's closed up. You need to uh, make a whip roll to open the gates. Uh, and if you fail, you have to uh, roll it again, and only specialists will do it. And then they, all the doors will be opened. Um, well, the civilians are already told, so they're uh, so yeah, you have the square objective room. You probably have to take the two farthest civilians to uh, count as yours uh, to take away. Um, they are in the corners of the objective room. Um, connect console. Yeah, you need a specialist to do so, and it flips over uh, to the other player uh, if you try so. Um, and yeah, specialist troops. Uh, they are the standard, so like the doctors, the engineers, forward service paramedics. Uh, chain of command, hackers, you know the drill. Uh, but they all will get an extra rule that I've cock-hocked it, and that's convincing specialists. And convincing specialists, uh, so every specialist has a plus three mod uh, on their whip roll, um, and they may make two rolls when trying to civivac with the civilian. So... I want to make it easier for specialists to take civilians. Anyone can take a civilian, um, but they are actually uh, extra capable. Uh, I did not deal with the first attempt rule and the system defense and the system decay because I already thought like this is this is complicated enough. You have to deal with um, with uh, with the guard, with the armory. You have to flip a console, open the gate, then grab a civilian. So there are a lot of steps to take. So I also made an alternative version where the in this scenario the armory counts already as open just to take away an extra step of willpower rolling uh, and uh, get into the action uh, sooner. Um, which also means that um, the guards will probably start firing sooner because <laughs> it has uh, it can look at look to the outside and see what's coming in. So that also gives an interesting um, um, issue because they, if you do not set up anything in front of the console where you try to pacify it, it can also see you push the button and fire it rounds. <laughs> so you can get into very funny situations if you don't cover that up with terrain. So uh, yeah, this is a yeah I, this mission I wanted yeah to centralize these HPT models that you have as civilians. And have this, yeah, really like, yeah, heist situation, prison escape situation. Uh, to have fun, to be the first one or the second one to break in and, and get as many civilians out as you can. Uh, while your opponent is trying that as well. So both going for a prison to escape. Yeah, it's, I've played this mission a lot. It's, it's just a, a lot of fun. Uh, but um, yeah, I've tweaked it over the years because... Um, uh, I found out that people were still trying to kill each other before they go into the prison. And now, yeah, that you really score points if you grab them sooner. Uh, also gave people more an incentive to race against the clock. Get, yeah, kill the guard or pacify the guard and get the civilians out as soon as possible to score the most amount of points. Speaking of HVTs, uh, rescue. I made a rescue alternative. Um... It's also a good way uh, to use customs or want more customs in your game, but you already use the custom mission slot. Uh, make sure that once you organize an event that you say, well, we're going to play rescue, but we're going to play an alternative rules uh, uh, edition. That's how I did it uh, with my events. Uh, that's how we did it with the I I IGL uh, satellite to change up highly classified. Like you're, you're free to uh, make different rules as long as you... Uh, uh, make sure your 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 players know it. Uh, I have done in the past like biotech four, but instead of the biotech four activating from the first round up, it rounds up from it starts from the second round, so it gives you a little bit more time to get out all your people, uh, which is also a fun way of playing it. So uh, yeah, why make a whole new custom mission where you can tweak an existing one to uh, fit more what you would want from uh, that mission. So what I did to rescue is that uh, I changed the scoring. I put in convincing specialists like I did in uh, Prison Escape. And I put in a designated landing area. Yeah, that's one from Firefight. Where, uh, yeah, you get a plus three mod um, on 
yeah, parachutists combat jump and parachutists can come from the uh, from the deployment zone. So you still have, I still keep in the, the exclusion zone, but uh, your jumping troops have more of a chance in getting in your opponent deployment zone, which, I thought, which was funny to me because I think uh, parachutists and, 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 and combat jumpers are a good way of trying to rescue someone from a dire situation. Uh, seeing them come from, from a helicopter or a plane and then, uh, yeah, grabbing the, 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 the target and uh, getting away. So I, I like the idea of adding designated uh, landing area and convincing specialists to make specialists more important uh, to grab specialists and get, get that extra plus three whip roll and extra dice. So, all right. So the scoring I changed up. So... Um, uh, at the end of each game round, have a civilian in Civivac uh, is one objective point. At the end of the game, have more civilians in Civivac, which is one objective point. At the end of the game, have a civilian in your deployment zone. One objective point per civilian in your deployment zone to a maximum of four. Um, you don't have to be in Civivac. Civilians uh, drag them to the deployment zone and you will score them unless your opponent drags them out back out again. And at the end of the game, have more civilians in your deployment zone at one objective point. And HVTs counts as civilians for objective scoring. So you, you put your four uh, civilians down, your opponent puts his four down, and you also put an HVT down. So it's, yeah, you can really bring those dire foes boxes to work uh, yeah. and uh, start uh, rescuing a lot of HVTs. Yeah, the... The, the normal scoring for rescue, I've also always found a bit weird. Like you have to, you like it's logical to bring uh, your opponents uh, to the your own deployment zone, but you can also score if you keep them in the dead zone, so halfway the helicopter. Then all right, um, so that was a bit that was always a bit silly to me. Um, so in, in this game mode, you have to start grabbing them early because it will. You will leave points on the table if you don't do so. Because uh, I've seen a lot of rescue games that people just grab by the end one <laughs> one, uh, one measly uh, 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 civilian. And you score very low, like one, two points uh, games. But in this way, start grabbing them early. So at least, so at least have a chance of getting more points by the end of it. And uh, getting them to your deployment zone and being killed on the way. Doesn't mean a thing as long as you get them in your deployment zone. The safe is safe, even if your dudes die uh, while doing so. So, in this way, I I think rescue is far more interesting to play. So we come to the last mission that I've written out in Google Docs because I have more missions on TTS in the Whip Twelve um, Battle Map uh, Pack. Inside you find an alternate. Uh, uh, two packs, one of the alternate mission packs. These are changes to uh, existing ITS missions. And I got one, the custom missions pack, where you can find uh, yeah, concoctions of my own. Uh, I've got some weird things like grabbing tags or grabbing uh, rams that will fight for you. Uh, I also got one where you have to be emergency response, where you have to... Uh, find all these HVTs unconscious on the battlefield and you have to bring doctors to uh, uh, yeah, save them, which is also a very fun one. Uh, but for now, we will cover Science Fear. Um, science Fear, you will have uh, two scientists on the board, two HVTs uh, on the middle, 12 inches from the edge on both sides. And then you will have a console... Uh, on a, uh, in the middle of your uh, deployment zone, eight inches from the table uh, edge. Um, and these you uh, 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 have to score in a special way because you have to grab a scientist first before you can actually go with the scientist uh, towards the console and to flip this console. So yeah, only the scientist knows how to uh, use these special consoles. Um, how do you score? Uh, be the first one to Civivac your choice scientist. Each game round have your choice scientist in Civivac. That's one OP, so uh, three times gives you three. Uh, hack a console with your choice scientist, which is three OP each. So you can 
doe de console in your own deployment zone, but also in your opponent's deployment zone for six points. So if you are the first one, uh, if you hold your scientist for three uh, turns, and if you uh, touch bo uh, both, you get the full 10 points. Uh, so before deployment uh, starts, um, it's a standard 12-inch deployment zone, by the way. But during deployment, uh, the player deploying uh, chooses either Scientist A or Scientist B to be their choice scientist. They can only sieve effect their choice scientist and use it to hack consoles. Both players can choose the same or different scientists as their choice scientist. Um, so in this way, uh, there are two scientists, but only one will work for you. Uh, the other one you just uh, ignore, uh, but unless your opponent, so you could either both choose scientist A or the one choose scientist A and the one choose scientist B. So either you work against each other uh, by going for the same scientist or go for the other scientist unless, yeah, because yeah, during deployment you choose. Uh, so while you're deploying, you can choose the one that you want to go for and set up more units on the left side instead of the right side. Uh, and your opponent and vice versa for your opponent. So there's a tactical choice in which scientist you choose and which you think is the easiest or the hardest to grab uh, hold of. Um, uh, I added a, for a few of those standard uh, rules that I've uh, that I've borrowed from anywhere. So first, first attempt. Uh, so if the first one you first try on the, to hack a console, you get an extra dice for that try. Uh, system defense. Uh, if yeah, if a console is already hacked by a player, the other player will get a minus three mod. And system decay, so on the first round it's a plus three modifier, second round zero modifier, and on the third round a minus three modifier. And command tokens can be used to fill uh, roles. If you successfully uh, uh, hacked a console, it will count as your repeater. Yeah, so yeah. Yeah, yeah, already think about it. Go into your opponent's deployment zone and make a repeater friendly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rejoice, rejoice if you got some hackers and uh, a guided missile launcher bot. Um, well, the specialist troops, uh, this rule, yeah, it's the same as any, any other who are specialists. And I added convincing specialists. So once you're a specialist and you try to go and civivec a scientist, you get a plus three to your mod and uh, yeah, two uh, whip rolls to do so. So uh, specialists are important to grab the scientist, but once you go to a console, then only troops with that player's choice scientist in Civivac can declare this skill. So you can only hack a console if uh, you have that unit has the scientist in Civivac. You only need to put your trooper. Uh, uh, to yeah, the troop must be silhouette contact with the console as long as he has the uh, scientist civivact and he's uh, in uh, in uh, in silhouette contact, then you can start uh, hacking the console. Um, and this one doesn't flip, so you can take it, your opponent can take it, and it will become your uh, repeater friendly repeater. But it can also come become your opponent's friendly repeater if they uh, are able to uh, hack it as well. But if you're the first one to hack it, you have system defense, so uh, be the first one to do it, do so, and your opponent has a harder time of uh, of hacking the, the thing. So yeah, this is um, uh, first a race to the middle to get your scientist, then drag him towards your uh, towards your deployment zone or towards your opponent's deployment zone, because you yeah you can pick up three points either there or here, and yeah, it's a uh, it can, you can get into the fun situation that if you both chose the same scientist and your opponent is running with that scientist towards the console but fails to, you can still grab that uh, scientist and then uh, take, the, take the console in the rebound. So your opponent did all the hard work to bring it to you and then you score the point with it. So that's, that can be a fun situation. So it can be really uh, yeah, a chaotic game. Uh, uh, to yeah, start racing with it. That's actually yeah. This is my second attempt to turn Infinity into Blood Bowl. Because yeah, see the scientist as a ball, and you can score at both both goals. That's that's what you're actually doing. So it's a fun mission. It's a simple mission. Uh, we've played it a few times uh, in uh, in the Netherlands and uh, had a lot of fun with it. So yeah, this is my whole list of uh, custom missions that I've made. 
check these out. Uh, I will put uh, the link in the show notes. Um, you can also check out uh, on TTS the, the WIP12 uh, mission pack mod and, and uh, go through all the uh, other uh, maps that I made with uh, special uh, missions. So uh, I made loads, but this is just uh, a little taste of it. Hopefully you get uh, you uh, you play them or you get inspired and make your own. And like I said, I challenge you all bring in more custom missions. Every tournament should have a custom mission. It's it is the way. So have fun, and I will see you all next time.